0: Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you.
1: This place is the only place that you're gonna find in this world that's gonna bring true joy, true hope, true happiness. Because you could go to different places and maybe you'll have a good time for a while, but you have to go back home to emptiness. But when you come to the presence of the living God, you go back home with joy, being filled with hope, being filled with peace, being filled with the future. That's what the Bible has promised. So welcome to our house. If you do not not have a church or you don't know what a church is about, it's not a community of just getting together, it's not a club, this is a living being family amen Amen. the blood of jesus is flowing through our veins we sang it today because of the uh, he gave his blood for you and for me that whoever accepts that payment and declares him as god as savior as our lord the bible says that that makes us children our children of god and that means that there's a father that we have that we could cry out to that supplies every single one of our needs and that makes us family so welcome to our family amen like I said before we're excited that you're here if you need anything if you uh, need some prayer some advice if you just need a hug if you need someone to cry with and laugh with that's what we're here for amen so make sure that you will get it connected and get involved and one of the ways that you could do that is I know that last night there was a marriage meeting that was like enormous how many people were there it was packed how many people were there Hannah a lot. <laughs> it was like the entire backyard was full. I don't even know how they fit there. I think what happens in the Bible, like the, your, your territory gets expanded. I think the walls and the territory gets expanded and comes back. I don't know, but it was packed and I thank God for, I think it was George and, uh, and uh, Megan's first time there for, since they got married. They've been married for an entire month, an entire month. So that's awesome. Um, Anyways, that's one way you get get connected, being part of the marriage uh, ministry. Once a month, they get together as uh the couples get together and they just focus on what marriage is and what family is to make it stronger so if you need have any questions about that you want to be a part of it you could speak with pastor joy and Zuleika, and they will definitely tell you um when the next meeting is it's once a month i believe it is the first saturday of the month if i'm not mistaken but you could talk with them and they'll let you know another way you could get connected is on wednesday mornings the women are starting their women's meetings we had our first one last week um, and we're going to continue having them throughout the year. So make sure that you get involved and you come. It's a time of just the women get together. I know a lot of times we're like, the men, the men, and the men. Well, guess what? The women, the women, the women. Okay. <laughs> so um, it's not lopsided. We just have a little bit different responsibilities sometimes. So um, it's difficult for us to get together. But on Wednesday mornings, we're getting together at 9 a.m. So make sure you come out. You could drop off the children at school or you know whatever you need to do. And then you come over here or a little bit earlier if you can if the traffic lets you. And um, there's breakfast, there's coffee, there's fellowship, there's fun, there's prayer, there's God's word, there's God's presence. It's just a one hour, 9 to 10, and then you could get to eat going on your day, you get to go to work, whatever you need to do. But I know people that come and from 9 to 10 and leave just straight to work, and they take that one hour off in the morning just to spend some time with um, the women of God and the presence of God just for an hour in the morning on Wednesdays. So make sure you come. It's, like I said, it's a time of just sisterhood, of getting to know what God has specifically for women, for uh, the Church of Christ. So make sure you become a part of that, amen? Wednesdays, nine o'clock in the morning. Who's ready for the word of God? Because I am. Amen.
0: yes we're trying to get ahead of the program here with um uh, okay so we have the christmas gala and we have a lot of the women coming together to make sure that that happens in a marvelous way so make yourself available to the christmas gala december 9th i believe uh this year we're going to celebrate jesus like no one celebrates jesus every year it gets better i don't know how this year is going to top it but That's their challenge and the team is solid. Uh, Join yourself, talk to Lorna and and participate and um, be part of the team that allows that gala to shine for the glory of Christ. And and make sure that you don't let the devil sneak in your heart in pride and in anything that would diminish what God wants to do. So be part of the team and, and pray hard The other thing is we have our 25th anniversary uh, coming up uh, already soon. It'll be here in a flash of an eye. And we want to celebrate 25 years large. Uh, It's no small accomplishment, but uh, we have seen God move uh, in a way that is powerful in our church uh, over the years. Um, And we we tend to celebrate God's goodness April uh, 2023. It'll be 25 years and uh, th- th- this week also, uh, in Mexico, they're celebrating 25 years um, of having been born. Uh, 1997, I believe it was, around August, uh, we took off to uh, Mexico and and opened up a church there uh, with Pastor Mediero and Ceci. Uh, they are there. Keep them in your prayers. We're going to join them this week. Uh, and we're going to celebrate with them 25 years um, of God's goodness upon their life and faithfulness. And um, that, that's a blessing to when we see that a lot of churches are shutting down and a lot of pastors are throwing the towel and quitting. Uh, there's, there's a remnant of faithful believers that are changing the world there in Merida, Mexico, which is in the Yucatan Peninsula, um, about two and a half hours out of Cancun. So that church is celebrating the church in uh, León, Guanajuato, which is in the West Coast, Uh, no man's land. It's a desert wilderness. There's a church that's flowing with the Spring of Life DNA and life uh, with Pastor Willie Toon and his wife Lulu uh, Lourdes. She and their family have been faithful 18 years. So uh, we see God is being good to our churches and shows up and answers prayer and there's people being saved and baptized and following Jesus. So keep that in your prayers. Um, We have just got back from a incredible trip to Puerto Rico Um, and as we come back, we see there's all manner and people always ask me, how is the church doing? What is the question of how is the church doing? And I always say, God has been faithful to give us a revival the revival means that people are on fire for the lord uh if you go to the friday nights and brandon's class uh, brandon's youth group on friday nights those kids are on fire for god they love god and they love god's word and they love god's house and that's a, a great beginning to their lives we see jesus at the age of 12 telling his parents i have to be about my father's business And so these young people know that they're growing up in the purpose of God, and uh, they're watching constantly the older group. Uh, When you see the LS games, uh, what happened last weekend was phenomenal. We have a clip here. Let's watch this clip of what happens in a revival of our youth group. Uh, Last night they had their meeting, and, and just the presence of the Lord is strong in that atmosphere. Let's watch the LS games real quick um and i hope there's no no severe wounds that take place here in these battles Next year we'll have the senior citizens <laughs> in three groups amen what a what a tremendous competition and um thank god for the fellowship and the joining of these lives and our prayers that these young people will grow up to champion life just like they did this uh weekend um also we have not only them doing the playing hard a lot of them have started their school at the university, uh, some of, uh, some of the, the older young people, um, are taking their LSAT, which is their entry to the law school. Um, keep them in your prayers for them to have great success, uh, for God's favor to be upon their life. Um, God is molding these young people, uh, in a special way through his spirit, his eyes are upon his people, upon those that fear the Lord. Uh, to move strong on their behalf this is a song that they wrote recently it's called restored uh, and we want to show forth um, that they also carry the weight of responsibility for their generation um, to stand up uh, and lift up a banner for the name of Christ and uh, that's not done in a vacuum and in a hole that's done in fellowship with plenty God promised he would raise up people that would represent him in the last days the bible calls it the remnant a small group of people that will not compromise and in the midst of the fiercest of battles and opposition and challenges they continue to say god is faithful so let's go ahead and watch this song that they just wrote and uh, you were part of it if you were here a couple of wednesdays ago they wanted to capture not only the song and the words and the revival of their worship team but they wanted to show the world that the church is a group of people that have been restored by God's goodness. Let's watch this real quickly.
2: Thank you, Lord. Amen. This new song is called Restored. And the basis of the song is that we are celebrating what God has done in our lives. How he showed up that one day where we were desperate with no hope we showed up through those doors or whoever it may have been it may have been at someone's house it may have been a friend of yours that was christian and knew who jesus was and shared with you the amazing story of what he did on that cross how he died for you and how today you've been restored and set free in every area of your life And this new song that we're singing, who better to give a new song than the one who made everything new in our lives? His word says that you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Your past sins are gone. They've been erased. That's what his word says. This is not something pretty to say. It's the truth. And today we stand as a church believing in that. I walked in through those doors with my family. I can testify of what I've seen God do in my life. He's been good. We walked in, and when I was eight years old, we walked in through those doors. And at that moment, we were experiencing a tragedy. My parents and my oldest brother passed away in a car accident. You don't prepare for that. Actually, a lot of trials you don't prepare for. But yet God, in his graciousness, and his love has been carrying us all the way through. And when we came to church, we fell in love with Jesus. We fell in love with him, and he began to change our hearts and our lives. And I thank God, I thank God that my brother chose to take me and my sister to church and bring us to the truth. Cause that's what set us free we never not one day you can ask all of us my entire family not one day have we experienced depression that's God not one day have we been anxious in our heart wondering what's gonna happen tomorrow he's been our provider he's been our father and I know that that's not just me I know that everyone in here can testify, saying, you know what? God's my father too, Mel. I've seen him move in my life. I've seen him do the impossible. I've seen him set me free from addictions. I've seen him set me free from everything that was holding me down. I've seen him move and break sin in my life. I've seen him restore my marriage. I've seen him do it. And I know that he'll continue doing it, amen? So it's not about circumstance, remember that. It's not about what you're facing. Never is it about that. It's about the God you are worshiping, amen? So let's worship him, church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
3: Be lifted up. Be lifted up, oh God.
0: Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to go ahead and ask. I don't know if... Um, I'll come up here and, and, and talk a little bit about this song. You know, that we, we don't know the significance of what it means to experience a restoration, but um, you put your hands in the hands of God, and God begins to... Put things back where they belong. Um, and it's a process only God can do. He's a God of restoration. We're going to talk about that this morning. Um, our our lives speak of His faithfulness to to put us on that process because it's not an overnight thing. It it, it, it takes many years, but um, slowly we come to the place where we can acknowledge, Lord, you did it. You, what you promised came to pass, and and with flying colors. So Mel, just tell us a little bit about the process of this song, and and uh, the the invitation stands for the world to come and give God an opportunity. It, it's almost unbelievable that that you would see uh, those things that were uh, really ransacked and and leave you in utter devastation, and how God brings you back to fullness. And that's that's a that's a process that God promises and it belongs to his people. Congratulations Amen. on that song, you yes, came out awesome. awesome.
4: Good morning church. Um, well, a little bit about the song, I had shared this um, when we recorded. First of all, thank you for those of you who came on Wednesday night and participated in our music video. It wouldn't have been the same without you. When we were seeing it at home, I just was blown away at everybody that came out because honestly, everybody there has a story of, of how God has restored their life. So I encourage you the whole point of that is to know everybody's story, so that when you t- show someone the video, there's a story behind it. So if you don't know their testimony and you see someone in the video you're like, I don't really know how God restored them, but they're worshiping, ask them. Go up to them, say, Hey, I want to know, you know, what God did in your life, so that I can go and share it all over. Um, what you know, what God has done and all the things that he's been able to do in our church. But, um, so, so that brought me a lot of joy to see. And I know that it brought God's heart a lot of joy because that's everything that he's done in our church. And we're celebrating that, um, you know, so, so that's so important. Um, but I wrote this song when I was younger in my single days. Um, I remember I came home after youth group and I didn't share this before, but, um, youth group's important, so it was a Saturday night, it must have been when, Kenny's not here, I don't know, I don't see him, but it must have been when Pastor Kenny shared a message on stirring your gifts or something like that, and I came home, and um, I decided to to write the chorus, so that was a long time ago, and it was just something that came out of my heart, out of gratitude. You heard my testimony, you heard my story, a lot of you know my family, and we're just here by the grace of God. Um, so um, that came out of my heart, and, and it's been all these years we started writing music with the team, and as a team, you know, a collaborative effort, we were able to, to finish the song, compose the music, thank you to Gerardo and Denise um, and their family, they've been such a blessing. They're so talented, so gifted. They are gems in this church, yes. Um, just seeing their passion for God stirs us up as well. So that's so um, amazing to have them in our church. So that's pretty much how the song came out and and um, I'm really excited because the message is really powerful because I believe that everybody can identify with that. Um, and then there's another part in the song that I really like because obviously as as bishop was saying it's a process you know it's not an overday thing you know there's times where we're tired we come to church and we're facing another trial yet again another time where we're waiting on god and we're waiting on the lord and we're pushing on we're coming to church We're we're trying our best to come and and sometimes we don't want to come sometimes we're tired but when we show up through those doors and and we begin to worship and we hear his word there's a part in the song that says you renew us as we pray Um, and, and I say that in the song that you're renewing us day to day. And, and, um, so I like that part of the song because not only are we testifying about what God has done and celebrating everything that he's restored, but everything that he's also doing now today and how he continues to carry us, um, to the end until we finish the race. Amen. So thank you church for supporting it, pray for it. Um, and that many people may be touched and, 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 um, receive from, from that song. So thank you.
0: Amen. Thank you. This whole process of songwriting and production, uh, the words go on to the paper, and then it goes on to the musicians to put it into a musical um, you know, composition, and then to, to capture it on video. Uh, it's a grueling process, but it's a lot of hard work. Let me just tell you that the world is putting three and four out a month Uh, and and so that gives you a a pretty much a look at how lethargic we are with respect to showing what God has done in our midst Um, but it's a full-time job it's very it's very difficult Uh, it requires the grace of God the hand of God we're fighting spiritual hosts in the heavenly places like through the roof in other words the devil does not want these things to go out um, to put this many people in one same spirit and one same song is a feat uh, and it fights against something which is the spirit of the age called selfishness that's that's what we're fighting against uh, while the world is walking everyone um, to themselves uh, the body of Christ is doing everything to promote unity and to celebrate like we did this week when we were at the Lord's Supper when we broke the bread and we had the cup that's a measure of your participation with unity. We do that once a month, every first Wednesday night, so that you come together and have an experience to receive the health. The Bible says when you, when you celebrate the Lord's Supper, there's health. Um, when you don't do it, then illness comes, uh, sickness, the Bible says. Instead of being renewed in strength, you're weak. The Bible says many of you are weak, sick, and then some have even died, have distanced themselves completely from the unity of the body of Christ. And, and that's a horrible day. The day that you no longer see in conjunction with the body. Uh, the body, you've been connected to the body. Make sure that you're not a, you know, this little pinky here that it would rot and, and be cat and just fall off. Um, that's the the spiritual illness called leprosy when 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 you're a leper you're distance from the body you rot and you die it's a very crucial disease that God doesn't want you to be even around so um, make sure that you cultivate the life of God that the bible says that you not uh, forsake the assembly the gathering of yourselves because that's where God sends his blessing um, and and there's so much stuff going on outside, you guys heard it on Wednesday night, I said it, one of these uh, CEOs, CFOs of Bed, Body and Beyond, Beth, Beth Beth Bath and Beyond, Bed, Bath and Beyond, Um, he found it more attractive to throw himself from a 60 apartment building in New York than to enjoy his wife and his daughters, his family and prosperity that he had with respect to um, the goodness of God on this side of eternity. But the devil separates you and strips you and makes you walk in your fear and, and it equates the wages of sin is death. So, so I see these men, 52 years old, at the prime of his executive corporate American life and he thought it more attractive to commit suicide by jumping off of a building. Well, don't think that you're too far off from that reality As you separate yourself into darkness Uh, you give the devil a nose hair and he will drag you into hell with that little part of your heart so surrender all to Christ and then be content with the measure that Christ gives you to enjoy and don't live beyond your means or to aspire to this world's wealth Um, we're coming back from Puerto Rico I, I just think that we're 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 in communications with other cities, uh, with respect to going back and doing what God has called us to do, which is an expedition throughout that country, and to be able to be a part of God's agenda for the last days. And if you don't know what God's agenda, He says, "I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, so that people might have a visitation of the Lord." And we want to be part of that group that's that's moving with God touching lives in a powerful way. Um, uh, again, keep that in your prayers because um, the devil knows what is, what, what is the potential of what could happen with one life that surrenders at the feet of the Lord. And he's using a lot of young people to promote darkness. Um, I, I've, I've said it for 10 years now that the youth of this generation are being land blasted continually with um with every ammunition of hell to keep them outside of god's purpose and god's uh provision um just a constant barrage of ungodliness it's it's uh, happening on a level that previous generations never even thought it was possible so i believe that it will pro- promote and cause warriors to rise up for Christ like never before. Also, because where the grace of, where sin abounds, the grace of God abounds even more. So we're waiting for that to take place. Um, uh, this is what the Bible says: the last day's harvest. We would have never seen the likes of, and this is it, manifest glory upon the earth in the midst of deep darkness. There's going to be a people that rise up with a light way above the tide of darkness, um, and it's going to take somebody that is bold and fierce and courageous. Like we've been saying last week, we we shared on red hot faith, um, and and we continue to ask the Lord, Lord, bring us into the place that we are your people. On on Wednesday night, we talked about who the church is. Um, it's a mighty force to contend against, and it's marching to the drumbeat of God's goodness and grace even in our day. Um, when we talk to people that are not walking at this level, they look at us like, you know, we, we haven't heard that, that, that level of participation. Uh, we've been asking God not only to be the church, but we want to be spearheading uh, if they, whatever the expression of God in the last days is, we want to be like Noah. That's what it says. The Bible says the last days will be like in the times of Noah. We want to be Noah and that family that is listening to what other people don't see and don't listen to. And we will be safe on that ark as we uh, expectantly wait. I want to share that those words um, because that should be the, the sentiment of your heart. We're not walking in fear or uncertainty. Look what it says here in... Um, Titus two and um, thirteen, Titus two thirteen, it says, we are those that are looking for the blessed hope of the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. That that's our that's our position. We we, we are not only walking upon the earth, being faithful to our day to day, championing uh, and enduring, overcoming every challenge. But laying there in regards to that is a blessed and glorious appearing of Jesus Christ. Um, And I often have used that verse to keep me away from any earthly aspiration. Because whatever you grasp on in the earth, and then Jesus comes back and you're like, you're like, you missed it. The devil fooled you. You went after the proverbial carrot in front of the donkey's nose and you were led away from christ make sure that your eyes are upon christ amen and be around people like that there are certain people who 24 hours a day seven days a week the only reality they have is being god's special people and walking in his purposes Um, in heaven there's things that register and there's things that don't register and, and for whatever it's worth, here upon the earth, everything perishes, and only what you do for God remains. So don't allow people to trick you around that. Um, throw yourself um, in regards to where your treasure is there, your heart is also. So let's pray for God's word this morning. Father, we praise you and we bless you. We thank you for being in the house of God with the people of God, seeing your mighty works that celebrate your goodness and faithfulness, Lord. We give you thanks that there is a hallelujah in our mouths, in our lips, constantly praising you for what your mercy represents in our lives. Thank you for our marriages. Thank you for the peace and joy in our homes. Thank you for the protection and the surrounding of your blood that keeps us from the one that comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Thank you for the life of abundance in Christ. We pray that your word would be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, that we might consider the God we serve, the faithfulness of his amazing grace and goodness that keeps us day to day away from loss and travesty, Lord. You are our refuge. You are our hiding place, Lord. We pray that your promises be fulfilled, that prayers would be answered, O God. And that we might raise a banner to glorify your faithfulness and your love upon our lives. Bless your word that it hath not returned void, Lord. Let us bless the nations with the provision you've given us in the abundance of all things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. Um, the heart of God is to see uh, his people restored completely. I, I think that that continues to be the proclamation. What does it mean To be restored and renewed in every aspect of our lives. Um, Either God is a liar or he intends to restore all things. And there, that was the question upon seeing his resurrection. That his disciples asked him in Acts chapter 1 verse 6. You also can ask the Lord. Lord, when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time... Restore the kingdom to Israel. Are you going to bring back everything that you said you would bring back? Are you going to give these things back to us? And that should be your question, your inquiry, that God would make you whole and that you not cease to lay your hope upon this reality. God's not a liar. God intends to restore all things at levels you never even thought possible. There it was at uh, Zacchaeus' house in Luke chapter 19. And uh, if we read verse 9, Jesus says, Now we know salvation has come. Jesus said to Zacchaeus in regards to his experience, and we're going to see what his experience was now. But Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. He is part of God's people, and there, um, the difficulties of everything that need to happen for there to be a restoration in the life of this man, supposedly disconnected from the purpose of God, not thinking in a manner that is fearful of God, Um, the Bible says in 19, verse 1, that Jesus entered into Jericho and passing through, there was, verse 2, a man called Zacchaeus, And he was a chief tax collector. He oversaw the process of bringing in taxes. And in the process, he became rich. Well, what what is the evidence that salvation came to his house? He's trying to see Jesus. He was a short wee old man. And he ran up a tree and he saw Jesus passing verse 5 when Jesus reached that place he looked up to Zacchaeus hurry and come down for today i must stay at your house so Zacchaeus verse 6 hurried down and welcomed Jesus with great joy when the people saw it they began to murmur mutter with discontent uh, do you have an issue with Jesus showing up in the lives of people that are not worthy You need to repent because he's he's come to heal the sick. He's come to address those people that need his visitation. And thank God, he, he is a God that doesn't look down. If he was looking down on the people, he wouldn't have seen Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was the one that was lifted up in his sycamore tree. And he looked up from this position. He's saying, you know something, I'll meet you with humility. In your pride and arrogance to be lifted up, you come down, let's go to your house, let's have an exchange. And there it was, the people were discontent because he's gone out to be welcomed by a man who's a notorious sinner. This guy, the only thing he was known to was for being ungodly. What would Jesus be around such people? Verse 8, Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, See, Lord... Notice what I'm doing. I'm giving half of my possessions to the poor, and anyone I have cheated out of anything, I will give back four times as much. What is happening in the life of Zacchaeus is restoration. What is happening is everything's going back to its rightful place. I will restore. He had, he had a, a conviction that he would move. In the direction of God's restoration. um, I want to say that there is a measure that is perfect for that. We'll talk about that in a little while. Um, But the Bible says if you see the devil stealing from you. Require of him seven times. Zacchaeus says four times. Jesus says no. In the book of Proverbs. It's a perfect restoration of everything lost. Seven times whatever the devil has taken from you. And and that's your expectation. That is the Lord's promise. Um, We need to understand the heart of God with regards to restoration. It's all over the Bible. Um, The youth did a great job in launching this video, Restored, to get people to awaken and to come out of everything that a lack of restoration causes. When you have been taken from, when you're on the other side of these um, activities, there's much loss. There's much heartache and pain. You might be overwhelmed to the extent that the devil might blind you in what he has stolen and taken. And you might not see what God has promised. But I love to read Zechariah chapter 9 verse 12 where God says that he's about to restore and renew every place being held captive. These prisoners of hope I declare to you I will restore double to you. That's God's proclamation. I'm not going to make it. Whole and I've often asked the Lord why would we want more than just to be restored? Why would we want double restoration? Because we have the ministry, Galatians 6:1, to restore others. You can't just sit there and say, Me, 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 me. But if somebody's overtaken by trespass, those of you that are right spiritually, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. You also who have been tempted, you also who uh, can suffer loss, you that are spiritual restore such a one, and and that also is part of our ministry. Those of us who have been restored, we need to be on the restoration route and look around to see people that have been uh, totally taken advantage of and stripped. We're going to see that. In many expressions Jeremiah 27 22, they will be carried to Babylon when you're carried to Babylon that's another word for chaos confusion for riot uh, for uh, pillaging you carried off to a place where you're stripped of all things they shall be until the day I visit them all loss continues until the day you reconnect with the Lord and then I will bring on them and restore to them their rightful place. And, and that should be your prayer too. Not only that he is a God who restores, but God bring me back to the place where those things that I have experienced excruciating loss, and in not only in the physical realm, in the spiritual realm, and even what I read here in Job 42.10, that he was able to restore Job's losses after he prayed for his friends and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Again, this is a claim that you have before God and and come to the place where you're praying for others' restoration. Uh, He was being generous with those that were around him, as he prayed for his friends, the Lord was able to restore Job's losses. And and that equates all expressions of the loss. We we know that that Psalm 51, um, David says, Lord, restore, verse 12, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Bring back Psalm 51, verse 12. Bring back the joy of my salvation, that which accompanies my walk. Um, Don't allow me to walk in the grievous sorrow of a spirit that has been plundered. You restore to me, and and you know how that happens, things would have to fill that void and that loss. Um, That's where... The song Amazing Grace was written. And uh, John Newton was a horrible man. And I believe we get some. I once was lost but now. didn't have my sight and it was restored. I, I, I was lost. I didn't know where I was going and you fixed it. So that is a declaration yeah. and that song has, has filled the earth with the realities of the spirit of God's amazing grace that restores man and woman back to a rightful place. Um, a lot of times the, the word I love the passage in Ruth chapter 4 where this woman has gone through the ringer you know it she's married she loses her husband she loses her land Moab uh, the land of the Moabites she has no hope and future of restoration and just reading chapter 4 all the particulars of what it takes to come back to this place Chapter chapter 4, verse 1 of Ruth. It says, Boaz had gone up to the gate and sat down. And behold, here was another man that was coming to fill the void in Ruth's life. Uh, People that have the position to, to receive Ruth. And Boaz turned aside, said, turn aside, friend, and sit down. And he turned aside and sat, verse 2, and he took ten men. This is to be witnessed by all. I think that's one of the most powerful things. If the devil openly stripped us of our dignity and wholesomeness, then God has to restore us openly and manifestedly. It has to be seen by all people. And there he says to the ten, verse 2, sit down. And so they sat down, verse 3, they said to the Redeemer, the person that was going to come, Naomi, who has come back from the land of Moab, is selling a parcel of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. And verse 4, so I thought I would tell you of it and say, buy it in the presence of those sitting here, um, the elders of my people, if you're going to redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not, tell me so that I might know There is no one besides you to redeem it, and I am in turn after you. And he said, I will redeem it. So the man says, I'll take the land, don't worry about it. And then Boaz says, but remember, verse 5, the day that you buy the field, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the widow of the dead, in order to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance. And verse 6, the Redeemer says, no, I can't do that. I can't do, I cannot redeem it for myself. I will impair my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption to yourself. I cannot redeem it. Those words are awesome. Jesus is coming in with flying colors, taking that spot. You you allow Christ to come into your life. And then the Bible says that uh, the description is powerful. Verse 7. Now this was the custom in former days in the times of Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging to confirm a transaction. The one drew off his sandal and gave it to another. And this was the manner attesting in Israel. Verse 8, so when the redeemer said to Boaz, buy it for yourself, he took off his sandal. And then Boaz said to the elders and all the people, you are witnesses this day that I have bought from the hand of Naomi, all that belongs to her and to her husband that's dead and all that belongs to both of their children Verse 10, also Ruth, the Moabite widow, I have bought to be my wife. To perpetuate the name of the dead and his inheritance, the name of the dead may not be cut off. And then it is awesome. You guys are witnessing this today. Then all the people were at the gate watching this transaction. And the elder says, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel. Let her become... Abraham's lineage, uh, who together built up the house of Israel, may you act worthily in Ephrathah, and be renowned in Bethlehem, and may your house be like the house of Perez, hammer bore to Judah, because of the offspring of the Lord will give you this young woman. And so here, verse 13, is the culmination of a life restored. What were the thoughts, what were the the images and the dreams that that this woman Ruth would have of ever being restored in a household and, and in a marriage. And the Bible says that he had relations with her verse 13, and bore a son. And the woman said to Naomi, "Blessed be the Lord who has not left this day without a redeemer. That may his name be renowned in Israel. Who, who is in the line of this child but Jesus Christ? He is put right in to the, to the lineage of Christ in a marvelous way. She's to be, look what she's to be called. Verse 15, he shall be to you a restorer of life. He will nourish you in your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons will give birth to someone in the messianic line verse 16 then naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and began became his nurse and the woman of the neighborhood gave him a name saying a son has been more, born to naomi they named him obed and he was the father of jesse and he jesse the father of david in the gene- genealogy of christ um Let Christ bring you back to that place. Wherever you've been, whatever has happened, let Christ put you back into the lineage of birthing the purpose of God in your life. We we see this throughout the Bible in Joel chapter 2 verse 25. He says to this, I will restore all the years. I will restore every plague that hit your life. Every swarming locust that has come into your harvest Every crawling locust, every consuming locust, swarming, crawling, consuming and chewing. This is a, a horrible army, great army, which was sent against us in our rebellion, in our walking away from God. And then the promise that he's going to restore such a things, um, verse 25, "You will have abundance again. You will have plenty to eat and be satisfied." This, this almost sounds surreal. Um, I've often told a woman repudiated. I pray that God make you the richest woman upon the earth. With no, with no reservations. So that you can then have the abundance of the ways of your heart's desire. Um, when you are stripped and have no confidence in any direction. If you become the bride of Christ, He's able to lift you higher than high. Um, we're we're not going to lack anything. There was a little old woman who was faithful for years there in um, in Louisiana, Shreveport, Louisiana, and uh, she she was like widowed and 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 by herself, and she passed away. And the lawyers kept on calling the pastor, saying, "Listen." Uh, The little widow lady that would come to your church for 25 years, she died, and she left you something in her inheritance. And the pastor's like, listen, whatever she left is probably so small that it's not even worth my time going to the lawyers. And so he wouldn't go, and a whole year passed by, and he never scheduled to go see the lawyers because he didn't think of it much. So finally he came around, the lawyer kept on bothering him, and so he went out there. And the little old lady had left $5 million to build a new church sanctuary. Hallelujah. God is not up with the hefty businessman who declares to be wealthy. He's going to use a widow who gives it all for the glory of God. These widows exist and they put to shame all the mighty men. And the house of God says, hallelujah. But we, we... have the expectation that God is able to take us to levels that far surpass the limitations of our, um, you know, we measure according to the experience of the past. We have to come to the place where our economy is according to God's lavish provision. And, and there in Joel, we see that you'll have plenty and be satisfied and the Lord will deal with you wondrously. You will not be put to shame ever again. Verse 27, Joel 2, 27. You shall know that I'm in the midst of you, to restore you, to protect you, to bless you, that I am the Lord and there is no other besides me. My people will never be put to shame. And so this process of restoration belongs to us. We, we ask the Lord that we would be in that, that measure already. That, that our expectation is coming from the Lord and he will pass with flying colors. Uh, I promise you, I would take you to Proverbs, I believe it's six. Um, let's go there real quickly. I believe it's verse 31. When the When the thief is found stealing, he must restore sevenfold. He must give up of all the substance of his house Um, the devil cannot keep anything that he has taken from you. How many say amen? That you're going to put a claim in. A lot of times we don't get what God wants to give us because we haven't put a claim in on the loss. So you start saying, Lord, this relationship that has been stripped by God, I claim restoration. I I claim renewal. I claim that that the abundance is, of the substance that was taken would be returned sevenfold. The the word, the number seven in the Bible is a perfect return of all things. Make it your cause. You make it your, your pleadings before the eternal courts of God's throne room. Have those things that are lost be restored uh, in a manner that would bring glory instead of shame. That's that's God's promise. Jeremiah 30 verse 12, For thus saith the Lord, for those who believe their wound is incurable and your injury is beyond healing. You say this could never, nothing can fix this place. You do not know God. You do not know God's provision and abundance. Even if your injury is severe, your wound and affliction Seems to be incurable. Verse 13. No one seems to plead your cause. No one's standing on your behalf. That's, that's one of the biggest pleasures I have as an attorney. When, when I go into a case. And I represent a client. And I'm able to effectively overturn the heart of the judge. Back to the side of my client. So he's made a fool again. So he's restored. Um. A recent case uh, of a man I represented, and the first uh, the other client put on their case before the judge and The more he spoke, the more the judge looked over to me and and was shaking their head i can 't believe you're even here and trying to defend this matter uh, i can't believe that you would even stand next to that disgusting man and and she he went on, he went on, and then all of a sudden it was my turn. And when I started speaking, then the judge went, hmm, started looking at the man and his lawyer and going, you guys are a bunch of crooks. And, and so you overturn the tide. Well, that's what the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, that God knows how it ends up. And that's why people love this passage. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you back in your future what you're hoping for. To restore these things becomes one of the highlights of the Christian life. Watching God plead your case. Jeremiah 30 verse 13. When there was no one to plead your case. And no one to heal your wound. And there was no sight of recovery or healing of medicines. Because included in this process of restoration is healing for your physical body. And you have a claim and you say, Lord, you promised to restore my health according to your promise. And so when there was no one there to plead your case, verse 14, all those you ran after. He says, go now to those other people that you made a priority other than me. Go to your career, go to the dolphins, go to where you spent your time and ask them to restore you. Guess what? It's not going to happen. They have forgotten you. They do not find out why you're not coming to the games no more. But Jesus does. For I have wounded you with the wound of an enemy, with the chastisement of the cruel one. For the multitude of your iniquities. Many times we've suffered loss like David did in Ziklag. All the women were taken. All the the belongings, the children, the possessions were taken. Even the men that were at his side thought of stoning him. So when you suffer loss at that level, for the multitude of your iniquities, because you have, your sins have increased, you've suffered loss, but now it's time for restoration. And then he goes on to say, verse 15, Why do you cry out over your injury? Since it was the natural result of the way you were living. Your pain have, uh, because your sins have increased, I have done this thing to you. Verse 16, Therefore, all who devoured you will be devoured. All those that were your adversaries, every single one of them, I'm going to hold back in prison. Those who plundered you will become plunder, and all who preyed upon you, I will give for prey. Here goes verse 17, For I restore health to you. Everything where there's a wound, everything where there's a loss, where there's affliction, where there's injury, the Lord says, I will restore health to you. Because they called you an outcast saying, this is Zion, no one seeks after her. It's a waste of time to seek the Lord. That's people's position looking on from the outside. Verse 18, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will restore the fortunes of the tents of Jacob. And have mercy on his dwelling place the city will be rebuilt on its old um, on the foundations of ruins the palace will stand on its rightful place this expectation is what i have in my heart every time a divorce calls every time a broken family calls every time a teenage uh who's lost a teenager who's lost in rebellion disobedience arrogance I see the restoration of God's hand raising up an incredible uh, posture of honor. Verse 19: From the city palace will come songs of thanksgiving. We will have voices of those who dance and celebrate, for God will multiply to them, and they will not be diminished in number. I will also honor them. They will not be insignificant, they will not be small. God's promise of restoration, verse 20, their children coming after them will be as the former days. Their congregation will be established before me and I will punish all their oppressors, those who oppress them. I've often told people, get out of my way, not for the sake of me, but God is coming as a powerful steamroller For anyone who gets in his way. For God's mercy, get out of the way. Because what God is doing in our lives to restore us and make us whole and redeem us is is a punishment on those who oppose it. And and you can talk like that to your enemies. Uh, You can tell them, by the mercy of God, get out of my way. Because I'm walking with God now. And you're going to be steamrolled. I don't know what happens after a steamroll, but... You're going to be flattened out. You're not going to be part of my resistance or opposition anymore. God's is going to land blast you. He's going to plow you out of my way. Um, it's a fearful thing to stand before a mighty God, a zealous God. Verse 21, their prince will be one of them, and their ruler will come forth from among them. I will bring him near, and he shall approach me. For who is he who would have the boldness and the dare? To risk his life to approach me, says the Lord. Verse 22, then you shall be my people and I will be your God. And that rightful relationship where you're not distanced from God no no more. Behold the tempest of the Lord. His wrath has gone out as a sweeping gathering tempest. It will burst on the head of the wicked. Verse 24, the fierce righteous anger of the Lord will not be turned back until he has fulfilled and accomplished the intent of his heart and in the latter days you will see it for yourself you will understand the level that god goes through to restore Um, that's why when the wicked boast um i feel sorry for them they only uh prompt god's wrath uh to come in their direction Here, 1 Samuel 30, David, verse 1, comes back to Ziklag and made a a raid against um, these kings, and they had overcome and burned it with fire. And verse 2, they had taken captive the women and all who were there, small and great, and they killed no one but carried them off and went their way. When David and his men, verse 3, come back and found That their campsite was burned down and the wives and sons and daughters were taken. David and his people who were with them raised up voices and wept. They had no strength more to weep upon the loss that they had suffered. And um, it says, everyone there was greatly distressed. Verse 6, for the people spoke of stoning David. Because all the people were bitter. It seems that when people suffer loss, obviously they go against their leader and they're thinking about stoning David. They've suffered the loss of their families and their belongings because of David. But David renewed his strength in the Lord. And he said, Lord, uh, restore these matters in such a way that your witness is not lost. And so I love um, watching... How David celebrates his restoration. Um, Verse 16. And when David had taken him down. Behold they were spread abroad. Over all the land. Eating and drinking and and dancing. Because of the great spoil. They had taken from the land of the Philistines. And the Bible says in verse 19. And I want this to be your life verse. Nothing. Nothing was missing, doesn't matter how small the loss was or great, sons or daughters, any possessions of anything which they had taken from them, David recovered it all. Let's stand this morning with that proclamation. I'm going to ask Pastor Richie to lead us in the song Amazing Grace. He plays it a little bit better than I do. And
3: I'll follow you.
0: Amen, and and make this your reality, and you don't even know how God will do it, it's not your business to meddle in the affairs of God, I've just spent the last hour letting you know that restoration is God's promise to his people, and it doesn't matter if he afflicted you in a moment, and if you had terrible loss, and you suffered incredible distress, affliction incurable, the size of your Loss and injury God is prepared to bring you to a place of restoration you'll have a testimony that God restores that in his spirit he restores your physical body um, I believe there in Psalm 23 one of the most powerful portions of this of this Psalm is that he is the God of who restores. And 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 David makes a rightful claim on that restoration. Um, in verse 3, not only my physical body, he restores my soul. That, that's where a lot of people are affected and walk away from God because they're wounded. And you have to say, Lord, restore my whole, heal the place where the devil bit me with his venomous attack. So that I would suffer all my life. Yes, the attack was true and the loss was actual. But so is your restoration. You restore my soul, Lord. You restore the joy of my salvation. Let me be part of that restoration. What happened to Job restored completely from all the loss he had suffered. And so we sing this song to the Lord this morning. and own it a testimony that you're putting in for your claim to be fully restored just raise your hand right where you're at and father you've seen every tear you have seen every occasion where we sat in utter despair and distress without help without healing father we have been diminished in our stature in our sentiment for life in our passions for the things that are high because the devil hit us low father but today we hear that you lift up our countenance that you restore what the swarming and what the chewing and what the forms of locusts that have come to diminish our harvest and crops lord and you said lord you're not a liar that you would restore the harvest you would restore everything that was lost lord we put in the seven fold claim lord to this enemy who has come to kill to steal to destroy lord and this will be our prayer from now until you make all things restored Till you put all things under your feet, Lord. And that you manifest righteousness and justice on this side of eternity. Father, we pray that you be glorified as we celebrate your faithfulness. We bless you in the house of God. We submit before your throne. Come before you by the blood of the Lamb and submit our petition. Through grace, Lord. That you be exalted. And be held true to your word. In Jesus name we pray. And the house of God says. Amen. Amen. And amen.